Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. I want to talk about this idea today of gifts. How many know we all have gifts? Yeah. So let's get started this morning. But I want to get started here in 1 Peter chapter 4. How many know who wrote 1 Peter? Anyone? Peter, good job. I, know, I knew Bruce would be on this. So, The Apostle Peter, how many have heard of him? We're like, yeah, the dude that denied Christ three times? Yeah, 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 that guy. The guy who chopped someone's ear off? Yes, that guy. But he's also the guy that Jesus reminded three times of the love relationship that they had together. And so Peter did some great things. And sure, he had to unlearn some of his Jewish roots for this new way of kingdom. But, but he says this really important uh, statement here in 1 Peter 4.10. He said, God has given, say given, each of you, say each of you, look at this, some special abilities. Now, we're really into superhero movies in in this day and age, right? So we're thinking special abilities. But you know that we all have special abilities. We all have gifts and we have callings. But look what he says to do with these, these gifts and these special abilities. He says, be sure to use them to help each other. Huh. That makes sense, right? You know, sometimes people who are gifted use those gifts for themselves. See, the title of the message today is this, you are gifted. Say that with me. You are gifted. Say with a little, little gusto, you are gifted. But here's a subtitle, gifts are made for giving. Now, of course, we're, we're in this season here with Christmas and, uh, you know, celebrating even some birthdays and things like that. But, you know, you think of this idea of gifts. You know, we, we give gifts and, and, and gifts are meant to be given. They're freely given. So when, when, when the Apostle Peter is telling us that we have gifts, that we have callings, that we have special abilities, we have to within that see that we have these in order to give them away. Not to keep them for ourselves. I know with Christmas coming up, we're already talking about some gifts for the kids and stuff. And you know the excitement to me, the thought, the, what makes me excited about it, is not getting the gift, but giving the gift. Like when I purchase it, and as I'm wrapping it, that's excited. But the thought of that child or that grandson or, or granddaughter opening that gift, it's so exciting. Do we ever see that? Do we ever see that in our own lives? That, wow, this gift I have is meant to give, and I can't wait to give it away. I can't wait to see what this gift does in someone else's life. Now, here's the question. Have you ever read a scripture like this and you thought, are you talking about me? Special abilities? Gifts? Uh, How many know that we're our own worst enemy, our own worst critic at times? And so you read something like that, you're like, well, I can see the gift or the special ability on that person. I mean, that person goes around the world and they preach. That person, uh, you know, they were on The Voice and they won. And so we see these gifts and abilities and we think, oh, well, they have it, but I don't. But, but the truth is we all have. What, what did he say? God has given. This is cool, right? It's a gift. God has given each of you, each of you, every single one of us, some special abilities. Here's the problem. We can so easily disqualify ourselves from the gifts that we've been given. Because we think things like this, um, I don't measure up, uh, I'm not good enough, I don't have what it takes, and I think the worst thing that we can do is compare ourselves to others. It, it's a vicious battle. It, it's, it's not a good game to play. I've done this in my own life, and so you see other people and their gifts, and you think, wow, they're just, they have the gift, they have the thing, 
but they're probably thinking the same thing about someone else because we can't just own the gifts that God has given us and then develop those things so that we then can give them away to others because nothing is further from the truth. You, you do measure up. You are worthy. Uh, you're worthy of the gift and the calling that he's given you. Did you hear me this morning? But sometimes we see someone else's gift, they're calling where they are, and we think, well, mine's not as important. They're all important. Every gift, every calling in the body of Christ is important. We all have special abilities or gifts given to us by Heavenly Father, and they're absolutely amazing. Look at the person next to you and say, you are gifted. Now look at the person who is your second choice on the other side and say, you are gifted. I remember having this conversation, uh, it was about a year ago, and a gentleman had actually asked if I would come and, and I would speak at an event. And so I said, sure, that'd be great. So I was going to this event. Well, about a week later or so, he, we were talking. He goes, oh, listen, I'm, I'm putting advertising together and stuff, so can you send me your bio? And I thought, okay. Like, I just told him, yeah, sure. But inside, I'm like, my bio? Like, what am I going to write about myself? Like, right? You ever had someone ask you a question like that and you're like, I don't know, like, who am I? What, what, is, what is it I can give? Well, a second time he asked me, oh, by the way, I haven't received that bio yet. Can you get that bio to me? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll get right on that. And I'm thinking, what am I supposed to write, right? Um, I'm not the best dad. Uh, sometimes I'm not the best. Like, right, like we go to the bad stuff, right? Finally, the third time he's like, hey, man, where's that bio? And I said, I'll just, I have to be honest with you. The first time you asked me, the second time, and even now, I'm struggling with this. Like, I don't know what to put. I mean, because I read people's bios. Have you ever read someone's bio? And it's like, oh my gosh, this person like walks on water. It's like Jesus the second. Because bios are meant to show your good side, right? I mean, Facebook and Instagram kind of are our bios because we usually only show the highlights. So that could be a bio, like everything's great, everything's wonderful. And I said, I, I really don't know what to put. I'm being honest with you, like... I mean, I'm a pastor and I, I mean, I love people. And he said, wait a second, wait, 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 wait. Do you not know how much you've spoken into my life? Do you not know how far uh, the love you have for me and for people has gone? Why are you discounting who you are? First of all, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have you come and speak as the main speaker at an event if I didn't think you were gifted and that your bio meant something. You have something to give. And secondly, stop that, right? Like stop thinking of yourself as less than you truly are. But we just have this tendency, I think, at times. Now, not everyone, because we all know someone who they know they're gifted, right? <laughs> right? Like extremely gifted. And just so you don't forget, they'll make sure to tell you. Right? Right? But I think for most of us, we struggle with this idea of being gifted. Now, for me, I grew up the majority of my early life in a Christian home. And I think that this upbringing for me was really a, a double-edged sword. I mean, of course, there were many things I learned about God and about religion and about church and Christianity. Some things helpful for sure. But it also created, created in me this anxiety to measure up. And what would happen is I would find myself missing the mark quite often. And being a pastor's son only complicated matters especially, you know, in the expectations department, like, well, you're the pastor's son, you should be this way or that way. And although there should be a standard there to all of our lives, I mean, we're all on a journey, right? We're all learning. And so I almost grew up in church with an anxiety. I, I felt called early in my life to ministry, 
but what won out in that was a pursuit of a music career. And for one, I had developed bitterness toward people because I saw how my mom and dad being in ministry, being pastors retreated. And I thought, you know, people kind of suck. So I don't know if I want to help people. I mean, that was honestly my attitude. And I thought, well, I'll just go out on the road. I'll do something different. I'll, I'll take these gifts out and enjoy them for myself. Right. Plus to think about this idea of ministry for me, I'm thinking, wait a minute, ministry. I mean, I could barely live the life myself or so I thought. And by the life, we mean the Christian life, right? Because I saw my ups and downs. I saw my inconsistencies. And so I struggle with this. Well, after several years of, of touring and bands, you know, and I would say some regrettable life choices, um, a divorce, avoiding church ministry, I felt called back to church. And that, that was just the first thing. I just need to get back in church. I, I, I hit this like two or three month period where I just was facing like extreme depression. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And, and something deep inside me said, just, just go back to church. Now it wasn't because of the church, but I believe it was because I was going to hear some things about myself that would tell the truth to me about myself. I believe, and, and I've even seen it, the connections that I made in life. See, church isn't just about you coming to hear Pastor Andy speak for 35, 45, or 65 minutes of the Holy Spirit's really moving. It's about connection. We're a body, right? Bodies need to be remembered. I love that when Jamie Anglehart said that about even the Eucharist or the communion meal, when we partake of that, we're remembering the body of Christ, which we could say we're remembering Christ, but we're also remembering coming back together again. Why? Because we need each other. Listen, I need the gifts that you have. I need the special abilities you have and vice versa. We work together in this. So church isn't just about, let me hear a good message uh, to make me feel good about myself and then go back out and just do the same old thing. It's about connection. Where am I needed? How about this? Where am I necessary in the body of Christ? And so the local church is just this great vehicle where those gifts and those callings can be utilized. They can be given away within the body and then also without in the local community and it just keeps it's like a it's like a ripple effect right and so that's why it's important so I, I remember coming back to church and during that next decade I I gained some new insight into the world of hurting individuals I realized that those people who had hurt my parents or those people who maybe tried to zero in and hurt me it's not me I just happened to be there at that moment and at that time and so, you know, we've heard the saying, hurt people, hurt people. So, like, it really helped me to start to see through the eyes of the Father, love and grace, because he started with me. I started to experience his love and grace in my life, and it radically changed my heart. It changed my heart toward him. It changed my heart toward myself. And it changed my heart toward others. And so that's why I do this thing called pastoring. I believe because of the heart of the Father. Now, that doesn't mean I'm perfect in it. I have bad days, right? How about you? So God really was working on my heart. And as healing began to occur in my heart and my soul, I began to see exactly what I was called to do, to be a living, breathing example of a son of God, introducing others to that same love and grace from our Father. So that's really what I feel my mission is. Prepare you for that. Who are you? See yourself correctly. And that includes, like Peter said, seeing your gifts, developing your gifts, developing those things. Why? So you can give them away because gifts are meant to be given. 
And I would say to this day, there's no greater fulfillment to me than seeing people awaken to who they are in Christ, to truly see that identity, to awaken to this relationship, this loving relationship that they have with the Father that, by the way, was already there the whole time. They just had to awaken to it. And so that's really, that's my story. But, you know, for me, I still sometimes struggle when people say, wow, you're really gifted in the area. I'm like, yeah, well, it's like I, I try to downplay things. But, but the thing is, God has given me those gifts to develop, to then impact and benefit others. So what gifts do you have? What callings are on your life that maybe you've neglected because you felt, I can't pick that up. I can't even receive that gift because I'm not good enough. I don't measure up. I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I haven't done all the right steps in order to walk into that thing or that gift that God has given. See, gifts are kind of like you could look at it two different ways. Like God gives us gifts that do benefit us. His love, very beneficial. It's radically changed my heart. His grace, oh my goodness, like his grace is more sufficient than I ever knew, right? Peace, joy, goodness, restoration, healing, deliverance. These are gifts he's given. They benefit us, right? But I believe there's also gifts and talents and things he gives us specifically in the kingdom to say, listen, I knew, in fact, we're going to get into this, but I knew before I created you what gifts would fit with you. I fashioned you so those gifts would fit perfectly. And then once you develop them, it, this outward flow of the gifting would benefit those around you. Now imagine a world in a world, right? That, you heard those trailers? Imagine a world where every person found their gifts and then realized those gifts were made for giving. I'm telling you, it'd be like utopia, right? It would look like the kingdom of God. Imagine that. Peace. Unity, love, grace, forgiveness, come on, that's huge. And so we all have these gifts. And so I want us to see that this morning. But here's, here's one of the main points today. Sometimes gifts are overlooked because they don't look super or they don't look special to us, right? Our gifts may not look like gifts or a big deal until we place them where they shine. And this is what I see with, with our gifts sometimes. Think about this. Sometimes, of course, our gifts and our abilities, they don't seem so special. But here's one really easy example. Moms and dads, parenting. Think about what you do for your children. Sometimes we look at parenting as something we just do. I mean, we don't see it as a gift. What you bring to your children is nothing short of incredible. And I believe within that element, because I'm a parent myself, God will show you gifts that you didn't even know you had. Now, that doesn't mean you're a perfect parent. I mean, I have not reached that at all. Just ask him, they'll tell you. Nope, he's not perfect. But it's drawn certain gifts out of me that I never knew were there. Our children need interaction. They need playtime. They need conversation. They need relationship. And guess what? You bring that to them. Just being there, think about this, is a gift because you're available and you're present. Well, you'd say, well, I don't have kids, so how does it apply to me? What about friendship? What about relationship? It's all the same way. Be present to those around you. How about this? I just got this. Be a present to those around you. What does that person need in their life? See, we dismiss things like, have you ever met someone that love and happiness oozes out of them? Not physically, that'd be gross. That's, you need to go to the doctor for that. But I'm saying like, you just get around them and you can't help but smile. 
And when you think about that person, even thinking about that person makes you smile. Jim Scalise was a guy like that, man. He just, you get in his presence and man, it would rub off on you and you just smile and you'd feel loved and you'd feel good about yourself. And you're thinking, well, but, but I didn't win like, like the Super Bowl. Yeah, but you brought a smile and goodness to that person's life. See, we don't, sometimes we don't see that as gifts. See, we think gifts and talent are, that guy can speak really well. So like he can be a pastor or a teacher or a preacher or, man, that person can really throw a football really well or not, Matthew Stafford. But, but, but my, my point is, sorry for you Lions fans, I didn't mean to disappoint you there or to offend you. But my point is they can do things really well and it's up here and it's in the spotlight, it's in the limelight. And so we see that and we think, wow, if I could only be them, but only they can be them. This isn't just a feel-good, close-to-Christmas story. This is the truth about yourself. What are your gifts? What, what happens when you walk into a room? Do you change the atmosphere with peace? You ever met someone like that? Like They just get around you like, I just feel peaceful, man. I had these cares and worries. You said like five words, and now I just feel complete peace. That's a gift. And they're giving that gift to you, and you're receiving it. See, this stuff goes so much deeper and there's so much science that I've been studying and and looking at that shows us, but I really believe this, that I believe all of us are, I think Jamie says it like this, a chip off the old block. Like we all have part of the divine. I mean, what did Paul say? He said, in him we live, we move, we have our very being. Your very sense of animation and living and doing is because of Christ. The word, right? The word of God became flesh. This is how you live. Listen to this. I believe that we're all connected. That's why it hurts so bad when people will will hurt someone else or even murder someone else or do just some, some horrible thing to someone because we're connected and we feel that connection. This isn't some weird new age thing. Listen, we're all within that realm of the father. That's who we are. We're sons and daughters of that life source. And so there's this connection. So think about that. When you allow those gifts and that goodness, those good gifts that he's already prepared beforehand, that you should walk in them, when we allow those to flow out, guess what? It's flowing from one person to the next. Your gifts are flowing from one person to the next. I truly believe that if the kingdom is expanding, we're going to see this happen more and more and more. And it's not more churches, and it's not more religion, and it's not more rules to keep. It's relationship with God, relationship with your source, relationship with your father, relationship with the divine. And as we connect to that, we begin to see who we are. What peace am I in this equation? And here's the cool thing. No one's better than anyone else. Someone else's gift isn't better. They're just prepared to do that. Some of you are like, I don't want to be on a stage and I don't want to do these things, right? That's okay. That's not your gift. But what is your gift? We need to see this. We all have gifts and abilities and I believe the instinctive heart to help others with these God-given gifts. So use your gifts to benefit the world. Uh, the, the Apostle Paul says this in Romans chapter 11, verse 29. I love this because we're we're talking about this idea of God giving gifts. Look at this in 29. God doesn't take back the gifts he has given. So even if you know that you're gifted in an area, but you don't quite believe it yet, you haven't quite grabbed onto it yet, you know God is never going to take it away from you. 
It's still there. Look at this. He also doesn't disown the people he has chosen. Now, now let, me, let me just kind of talk about this for a second. If you aren't aware, when Paul talks about this idea of predestination or belonging, he's not saying it's only for particular people. He's saying it's available to everyone. You have to read scripture in context. Paul would say a lot of things depending on who he was writing to in a certain light of where they understood, but you have to draw out the entire letter that he wrote. He didn't write chapters and verses. He wrote letters. And so within the letter, when you look at this whole idea, we've come up with this crazy theology that, that you know, uh, God has just predestined some and not others. I mean, it's gotten so bad. There's some doctrines that will say this, that God literally has made some for heaven and he made some for hell. Why? Because in all of that, he gets glory. Yeah, what? Exactly. He gets glory in, in creating people for hell? Are you kidding me? See how crazy and off track we can get when we pull scriptures out of context? What Paul's saying is this. He's like, listen, everyone is predestined. It's an already done deal. But guess what? You have to believe it. You have to awaken to it. You have to receive it to actually walk in it. Does that make sense? Now, I love this in the mere translation. Now, again, we got just a little bit of, of context here. In this particular chapter, Paul is talking about the Jews or Israel, and he's talking about the Greeks or the Gentiles. And so what he's showing is this flow of grafting into a vine, of God you know, putting people in that we didn't think were in, right? The predestination thing. But look at this. He says, in your estimation, they appear to be enemies of the gospel or the good news. Right? They appear to be, but he says they're not. Why? But their father's love for them has not changed. See, this radically can shift your mind, mindset. When you start seeing people differently, right? Not differently, like they're different than me, but instead of seeing them as different, saying, wow, they're just as loved by the father as I am. Because you know what's funny? I was talking to someone just, just recently about this with this idea, this theology that some are in and some are out. It's funny how the people who believe that theology believe that they're the ones who are in. Well, how do you know? Well, I just know. Hmm, that's interesting, right? So it's easy to believe that theology when you believe you're in, but who knows, right? Is the beauty is everyone's in. I mean, I mean, Jesus came for the entire world. He changed everything for the entire world. Now, here's the deal. You have to believe it to walk in it, Right? You know, I could have a million dollars somewhere in an account. I'm just praying that there is. But somewhere, but if I don't even know it's there, I won't access it. If someone tells me it's there, but I don't believe them, I still can't access it. See how that works? You only benefit from something if you believe it to be true. When you came in here today, you sat down in these chairs. Beautiful padded chairs. You guys can fall asleep while I'm preaching, right? But... None of you were struggling as you sat down going, I don't know, man, I'm not sure. Well, uh, no, some of you just came and you threw your Bible and your books down and just fell onto the chairs, right? It's been a long week. Why? You had faith that the chair would hold you up. You had so much faith, you never thought twice about it. Isn't that wild? Think about if we got to this point in our identity, recognizing who we are, realizing that the gifts that he's called us to were worthy of them, without second thought, how would we act? What would we do? What impact would we have on those around us? That's what I'm trying to get to. 
Because our gifts are meant to be given away. But he says in this, he says, in your estimation, they appear to be enemies of the gospel, but their father's love for them has not changed. He knows their original worth. Listen, even if you think you're worthless, it doesn't matter because God knows your original worth. So whose story are you going to believe about yourself? Your story, someone else's story, or God's story about you? Because the Holy Spirit's always telling you your story, and it's a good story about you. You are completely worth it. Look at this. For God's grace gifts and his persuasion of mankind's original identity are irrevocable. Irrevocable. It never changes. So think about the voices that speak to us. You know, that inside voice. I'm not talking necessarily about the Holy Spirit, but I'm talking about the voices that we have in our head. I know that sounds kind of weird, but come on. How many talk to themselves sometimes, right? Even in your thoughts, you're talking to yourself, right? I think there's really two ways or two stances here, uh, ways that we talk. First of all, it's self-righteous, or we could say ego or pride, or self-degrading. You know, like a slave driver, hard on you, you don't measure up, try harder. Now, the first voice is what? It's the voice that tells us we're so great. We talked about that person earlier, right? You've already forgiven them, right, in your heart. You've let that go. But the people who are like, yeah, I'm pretty great. But the thing is, it often tells them that by putting other people down. See, self-righteousness is at the expense of others. If I can find just one thing to be critical about them, then that will elevate me ever so slightly in my life. If I can point my finger at someone else, then I don't have to deal with my own stuff. That's what self-righteousness is. And I think people with that attitude who think they're better than others, deep down, buried so deep so they don't have to think about it, they've got some issues with self-esteem. They don't know who they truly are. And so if I can put that person down, if I can step on that person, it elevates me a little bit higher in my own thinking. See, most of us can see through that. But I do think that most of us would fall more into the second place here, self-degrading. That voice that says you are not good enough, you don't deserve it. It will always be a, you just need to do more voice, earn it, prove it. But here's the thing. It's all a gift. And gifts don't have to be earned. God gave it freely. You don't have to earn it. And I believe that we can take or we can receive those gifts and we can develop them to the point where they become gifts that we now give to those around us. I think gifts are meant to be given. So we are all gifted, but gifts are meant to be given. You know, the beauty of this, I love what the psalmist says about us. He says that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. That's just such a great quote right? I tell you, if you haven't taken any time and just read, especially the Hebrew authors, absolute brilliance in their writing, the way that they would put things. And you know what I love about them? They were completely honest. If they're at the lowest of their low, they would just tell you with eloquence. I mean, Hebrew is a beautiful language anyway, but I love that quote, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. In other words, God was in awe and wonder when creating you. I know for some of us it's hard to fathom that, but if you are a parent, how many cannot erase from their memory the day that their child or their ch children were born? It sticks with you, doesn't it? 
it just does something emotionally. You just, it just, it captivates you. It sucks you in. And I never knew I could have that much love for a person. And in those moments, I know that God gives us the gift of procreation, but essentially Kristen and I created this human being and I felt the way that God feels. I was in awe and wonder. I had a love that I never knew I could have for an individual. Do we ever see God like that? Or is he just distant? He's far away. We're not quite sure. He's having a bad day maybe. I got a flat tire because he's mad at me. I mean, you know, we try to attribute all these things to God when just life happens at times. But we have to know that God loves us. He cares for us. He's in awe and wonder at what he's created. He sees the gifts. He prepared those beforehand. In fact, I love this in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do, to do what? Good works. Say good works. Now, for some of us, you know, we think, well, work, man, you got to be careful. That's, that's a dirty, it's a four-letter word, work especially some of us in the grace camp, and I I love the grace of God. But listen, you don't work for your salvation, but your salvation, your deliverance, your healing, your preservation, your safety, your rescue, it puts you into a mode of working for the kingdom. It sets you in a position to allow those gifts, those callings, those special abilities to move not just in you, but through you so that others can benefit from them. See, you're created for good works. This is beautiful. Look at this. Which God prepared. Say God prepared. See, it's a God thing in advance for us to do. So God already knew in that moment of that fearfully and wonderfully madeness, he took gifts and abilities and he put them into you because they fit in their right. He said, wow, there's Andy. Mm, I know what could work here. Let's put a little of this in there. Oh, what's that, Jesus? Mm-hmm. Let's put a little of that in there. And then they see the big picture. And they're like, yeah, look at all the great things he's going to do. And not for success and accolades and a bunch of money and fame, but look at the great things he's going to do to influence and impact and benefit all of creation. See, we just don't see it like that at times, do we? Even me, I have to remind myself that the gifts I have are for all of creation to enjoy. And so he looks around and he sees Mark. He's like, ooh, Jesus, check out this guy. Definitely different, but in a good way, right? So let's put a little of this in there. Ah, Holy Spirit, pepper him with a little bit of that. Ooh, that's gonna go over well. Oh yeah, that kindness, that giving heart. Oh, that guy, you just know that you're loved when you walk into a room because Mark's there. See, those are gifts, and they're meant to be given. They're meant to benefit others, and for some of us, we struggle with it. We're like, no, I don't measure up. I'm not good enough. They have the gifts, but I don't. Nope. Each one of you has special abilities, has gifts. You see this, and it might take a little bit of journey to see that. The veil might have to come down, this false identity, this way that you see yourself. But the truth is, you are who God says you are and who God created you to be. And sometimes it's just simple things. And because it doesn't look super or it doesn't look special, we think, well, I'm not as good as them. But everyone is needed. Everyone is necessary. You've been created for good works because it's part of who you are. 
So really, this brings us full circle back to 1 Peter 4.10. God has given each of you some special abilities. Be sure to use them to help each other. Isn't that good? Because every person is gifted. And guess what? Every person is gifted to serve. I want us to think about this for a minute. We're, We're not talking about slavery here. See, the beauty of the kingdom is that we choose to serve. Choose this day whom you will serve. I love those words. It's not like you better or else. It's no, choose this day. Who are you going to serve? Are you going to serve yourself? Or are you going to serve others? You know that Jesus, he didn't come to this earth to be served, right? Jesus said, I came to serve. Listen, it's not beneath Jesus, so it certainly shouldn't be beneath us. But see, it's not this idea of like, well, I'm just a slave, right? Now, I know some of the language in the Bible is used, but we've got to see this, that the love of God compels us to do the things that we do. Our service comes from the foundation of love. See, for some people, and this is the problem in the church, hear me out, is many times the source or the foundation of service is not love, it's fear. Because some people, what's the opposite of love? Hate? No, it's fear. See, we hate because we fear. Right? People who have a problem with color, people who have a problem with someone's lifestyle, it's fear that causes the hate. That's why when people struggle with things, like, I I don't know how to approach this person. I don't know, do I accept, how do I? I say, always err on the side of love. If you love somebody, then you will take time to empathize, to see their side of the story. doesn't mean we agree with everyone all the time. My wife and I don't agree on everything, but we're still married 18 awesome years, right? I was joking with the other day. I said, wow, 18 years, baby. I said, the best three years of my life. It was a joke. But see, that's what love does. It, It just reorients our thinking our heart, you know, our mind, our will, and our emotions. And so we begin to see things differently. And we even, we begin to see disagreements that they're not a source of contention in that we can't be friends or be in relationship. Does that make sense? And so it's finding that place and finding that space where we truly trust what God says about us. And then we allow those gifts to be stirred up. And then we, we let that become our gifts of service to others, benefiting others, just like Jesus. I did not come to be served, but I came to serve. But many times it's taken a step of faith. Because sometimes we, we see an area where we're like, I don't think I'm gifted for that. Well, maybe just give it a shot. Step out in faith, trust God, say, I think it's there, I'm not sure, and give it a shot. Maybe it is a gift. Maybe it is something you're called to. And I think a lot of times when we step out in faith, that's when we discover those gifts. We discover those special abilities that we have. So again, God has given each of us some special abilities. Be sure to use them to help each other. See, it starts with us. It's understanding who we are and what gifts and special abilities we have. 
Because here's the thing, if we don't see ourselves in this light, then it will always be looking for someone else to put down to feel okay about ourselves. But here's the thing, if we get our identity right, if we begin to understand who we truly are, then we actually begin to benefit the world around us with our gifts. And guess what? There's no fear. And so what's present when there's no fear? Love. In fact, what does John tell us? Perfect love. We could say mature love. When you're no longer working in fear, or walking in fear in an area, you know in the area, you've matured to perfect love. Isn't that beautiful? Look at the person next to you and tell them, I'm here to help. Isn't that awesome? You are gifted for the benefit of others. And I really believe that true fulfillment comes when you are employing your gifts to serve and help others. And let me end with this. Everyone's gifts are needed. Everyone's gifts are necessary because every person is important. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, as always, thank you for your love and your grace. You're so good to us. And I just thank you for this space called Faith City Church where we can come together and we can rally around this love and this grace that you have for us. That it's your love and your grace that really are the fuel for us in life. That we can do the things that you've called us to do. We can, I guess, see those gifts and those callings come to fruition in our life. But it's only when you are the one who waters that. You are the one who sees that come true and manifest in our life. So I, I pray this morning for anyone here who might be struggling, who maybe they're struggling with self-esteem, they're struggling with feeling worthy and good enough. I just pray that you would show them, Holy Spirit, that they are worthy. They are good enough. They're sons and daughters. I pray that we would awaken more and more day by day in this reality of who we truly are. And it's in that reality, it's in that awakening that we start to uh, see those gifts and those callings and those special abilities. And then as we develop those, we then in turn can, we can see those going outward, ministering to people, benefiting others, bringing love and grace and joy to those around us. It's such an honor and privilege to be part of this kingdom. And I'm just so full of joy <laughs> because I've discovered some things I hadn't seen previously about me and about others. That's why we continue to do this thing called kingdom life. Now say this with me, Heavenly Father, I am gifted. I say this without pride, without arrogance, but I say this because that's what you say about me. I am gifted. Holy Spirit, I'm open to you. Show me areas in my life where I'm gifted, where I have special abilities. Help me to develop those things and then help me to utilize those gifts to benefit others. for your grace.
I pray that we would see those gifts in our lives. They wouldn't go unused. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, For more information about Faith City Church, please go to faithcity.tv. As always, we pray that you would grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.